the process podcast episode 299 did you uh have a good weekend zach watson yeah it was pretty good actually no, yeah. it, was, it was good it was definitely a good weekend get up to anything fun interesting or noteworthy uh not much took it kind of easy to be honest yeah nice relaxing um, day yes yeah. yeah yeah nice. exactly i went out into public for the first time in wow um well we went out to like when we went to sushi that would have been three weeks ago but that was like to a dinner place this was my first time going out going to multiple places Mm. me and a few people from work one of the guys is visiting from the netherlands um so he wanted to see canada so we took him to the most fascinatingly scenic part of canada which is downtown guelph Mm. um which was, uh, how do I put it politely, um, wrought with drunk teenagers, basically. Right. And early 20-year-olds, which I would self-identify as an early 20-year-old. But everyone was like in Halloween costumes and everything, and it was pretty – it wasn't It wasn't as crazy as it has been, um, as as I'm sure it has been in the past. It was still fun, though. We went to a few places, got some food. We got a giant mm. bowl of, I don't even know what was in it, but it was good food. Had a had a pizza that didn't have tomato sauce on it. It was, right. a, it was like a, it was a thick garlic paste mm. on the bread. Like on, it was like a toasted bread, or toasted dough, rather. And then the garlic stuff on top, and then melted cheese. And then like crisped potato, like thin slices of potato. And mushrooms and stuff, and then it had kind of like a garlic salt on top. Mm. Definitely keeping away vampires, for sure. Definitely, yeah. That's a strong anti-vampire meal. Yeah, you might as well just make a cross out of pepperoni on it, and boom, you're you're yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, that does sound pretty good, though. Uh, yeah, it was phenomenal. I only had two slices. It was like a shared pizza, so like everybody yeah. at the table shared it. Yeah. Um. Which is probably a good thing because I would probably still smell like garlic to this day. Yeah. Even after showering and brushing my teeth, I'd be leaking garlic everywhere from every orifice of my body. Um, But it was a lot of fun. The only issue was I was in Guelph, obviously, and Guelph was like an hour and a half drive from my house. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to be the guy that said, oh, I'm going to leave early because I have a long drive home because I know that the, like the person who's visiting will, will appreciate everyone like having a good time as well. Doesn't want to feel like they're being the burden. Like they're the reason why everyone is still here kind of a thing. So I just stuck it out and I was like, we're going to have fun. And it was a lot of fun, but I got back at like four 30 in the morning and then slept. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I left Guelph at like two forty five, almost three o'clock, and then just drove through fog, which got me on like a science fiction fantasy craze on the drive home. Yeah. Like what if I here's a thought. Picture a movie, picture a story. 
you're driving you're you're driving home late one night uh maybe you start off the night you have a drink but not too many because you're going to drive and you're going to be responsible and you're leaving at three o'clock in the morning to drive an hour and a half home so obviously there's um there's been enough time in the past where it's semi-legal per se we'll say that um this is not a confession but you're driving along right most of it's back roads because you're not a highway person this is this is i'm running through my own mental i would say is this like a <laughs> based on true story it is except for the alcohol part but right okay um you're driving along then all of a sudden like you're, you're driving past you've got your your fog lights on so you can kind of see and then just like this you drive past something on the side as if it's something that has stepped over the road that you're on, like some huge thing is above you mm-hmm. and it's got legs on either side and you, you stop and you're like, what is that? And you try and see, and then all you, you hear all these sounds and everything. And, or maybe you're driving into like a, like a different world through the portal of the mist or the fog. That'd be kind of creepy. Right. Okay. That's uh, it's about as far as I've gotten in my immediate brainstorm of that. Story, so it's like a Narnia meets like Stephen King's The Mist. Yeah. Yeah. It was basically. But okay. it, I think it would have to be something more than just creatures coming out of the mist because like Stephen King did that already and I can easily rip it off. But I feel like if I were to if I were to push that, I'd want to do something with it. Maybe that's where Sean's monolith sketch lives. Is that isn't like um a lot of people just rip off Stephen King? Yeah, this is true. I think, can like not even ashamed of it. Like, isn't Stranger Things a rip off almost? I think so. Yeah. Isn't there like a Stephen King that's called Strangers? It's not Stranger Things. It's Stranger Something, or Strange Things, or something like that. And it's oh. Stranger Things. They basically ripped the name, and the font is exactly the same. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the story has, like, elements from the Stephen King novel and then also borrowed elements from, like, you know, all the old, like, 80s sci-fi horror thriller type stuff. I think so. I don't know the specific um, story itself, but I remember hearing that that was a thing. And I can picture the book because I think it's on the bookshelf downstairs, but I can't remember the name of it. But that's got to be an interesting thing, like, when you're someone as prolific as, say, Stephen King or Dieter Rams or uh, Virgil Abloh, per se, someone where you know their name and you immediately know their work as well. Mm-hmm. And obviously, since it's that prolific and that profound, people are going to be using that as reference images or inspiration for their own stuff. And at what point is it a blatant copy or an interpretation of their stuff like can can you interpret it and make it your own without blatantly copying it because you're copy you're you're using it as reference for a reason right because the some facet of it that you like and you think was done successfully you would like to integrate into whatever product it is that you're working on but you also don't want to copy it because if you copy it it's going to be pretty darn obvious People are just going to say, oh, that's like the whole Apple and Braun 
scenario mm-hmm. initially, right? It was a lot of the earlier Apple products like the iPad, the calculator on the phone, the shape of the phone, the uh, something with the speaker. Or well, the, it was uh, the classic original iPod based on the, the one bronze speaker, I think it was. That's right. That was like very right. similar. And then the iMac, the original iMac, which was like a square or a rectilinear extrusion that had flat sides, similar to the one that it is now, just a lot thicker. Um, I think there was like form factor wise was people said was ripped from a uh, like a, a bronze speaker, but like a really large speaker. Yeah, I don't, spe- I don't know the specific name. There's of one I remember when I found it was a inspiration image I used for the Polestar thing, and it was a oh. speaker. I don't know if it was brawn or not, but I f- feel like it was, and it's that kind of shape. Mm-hmm. So it could well, could have very, very well been that. Because mm-hmm. I wonder, like, what do you have to do as the designer to make it different enough where you're not completely ripping on it versus you're using the successful elements it's tricky it's tough i don't even well it depends are depends are you thinking legally different or ethically different because legally different is easy legally difference 10 percent, and then yeah stephen king's always stranger things is is there's a I don't know I I feel like reading about it, the Stephen King one it was like you know a small town middle of nowhere somewhere in the states and there's like a secret science lab that does experiments whatever hmm. obviously that's a very that's a big part of the plot and theme of uh, Stranger Things oh, Stranger Things but if like yeah. the monsters different or the upside down is a unique thought or blah blah then there's ten percent different legally you're fine. Hmm. Even if you kind of the name is a direct uh, rip off and uses the exact same kind of font, it doesn't matter because ten percent different. You're legally you're fine, and I think people yeah. who are big enough, like Stephen King or like uh, Dieter Ram something, understand that. And I think all also mm-hmm. like those guys are different because they're I think they're older and they've they are successful and have had success for a long. A lot of time, a lot of years been successful. So I don't think they really care. No, I don't think to so. To a certain extent. Um, but ethically different is, uh, that's more subjective, right? Because, like, yeah, a lot more. You know, like, Virgil Abloh is like, obviously, after he kind of did change the game, it came to fashion with the whole, like, putting text on stuff right mm-hmm. um putting like in the quotes and everything and then obviously every like knockoff brand was making ripoffs of that right um yeah because it was easy and... to mm-hmm. do it right um so it was just a graphic aesthetic thing it wasn't like you had to copy a certain piece of technology which is much harder yeah right? that's true like it, that's true it was just super like anyone can go download future of old and then Put in, put a word in quotes and put it on a sole of a shoe and print it like, or on a shirt, right? So it's not like it's it's easy to copy. But I don't know. I feel like he doesn't care. 
he's made plenty. He's been widely successful. And I feel like he's the type of person that's always, you know, he used to work with Kanye before he did his own thing. And, you know, Kanye's hit and miss kind of weirdo, but I do like the part of him sometimes <laughs> where he's, he is quite like cringy to say, but like trend setting. Like he has come up with a lot of things. Yeah. There's a lot of things in music where there's a lot of artists now that wouldn't be around or wouldn't have, you know, created their style or their character without Kanye mm-hmm. back in like years ago, right? Like he did a lot of things for music. He did a lot of things, clothing, like the whole Yeezy thing. I remember seeing the first collection coming out and it literally looked like it was like, it looked like homeless people. Like it was the clothes, the homeless yeah. people. Like, like they were totally ripped and everything, right? Mm-hmm. And everyone ripped on them like, oh, that's so stupid. And then look now, like, there's a lot of brands that copy easy, right? Yeah. So it's like, I I think with Kanye, I feel like, you know, he's got the money and then and probably knows some really great lawyers to the point where if someone really copied him enough to piss him off, he'd probably sue him. But I feel like, I feel like especially Kanye, I would imagine, like, I have a feeling he gets off on people copying him. I think because so. he knows that if he did it first and he's famous enough where everyone knows he did it first, then he mm-hmm. always has the one up over them. Yeah. Because if like be that some guy. rapper is like, you know, going running his mouth or whatever and thinking they're the first one to do something, and then Kanye's like, actually, I was like, and everyone knows it. Like, Kanye's got the one up, right? And you, I feel like you, he gets off. Yeah, on you can't that, stand up to that. To be honest, I think so for sure. Because it's like that fame of like knowing people are copying you, mm-hmm. that you're like changing the game, right? Um, but I mean, yeah, it's tough, right? Like, imitation is the best. The, imitation is the strongest form of flattery, mm-hmm. and that's a quote from uh, Silence of the Lambs, where. I think it's Hannibal Lecter talking to Clarice, Clarice Starling, because they're talking about um, trying to catch Buffalo Bill mm-hmm. and how it's similar to some other thing or similar to this other um, crime that they were investigating. And he says, imitation is the best form. There's the strongest form of flattery. And then Clarice is like trying to figure out what to do with that information. Yep. Basically saying that they like the, Copying someone is easy enough to do when you're kind of cheating yourself out of learning anything. And this is obviously not in a serial killer sense. You're <laughs> cheating yourself out of out of learning something or figuring something out for your own, but you're also unnecessarily or unintentionally giving the other person gratification that their stuff was so good to the point that it was worth copying, like without second thought. Yeah. Like just completely replicating it, right? Yeah, I think um yeah, legally is le- legally it is what it is, right? Cuz it's 10% different and you get away with it legally blah blah. Might be expect uh exceptions sometimes, but depending on how good of a lawyer you have or how much money you have or who you're going up against and whatever, but that's kind of an easy way. But ethically it's difficult, right? Cuz it's like, well, if you know you can get away with it because it's different, but like everyone's gonna know that it's a copy, 
it's a rip off or, yeah. or just having a copy, but it's influenced. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say like maybe the reason why like Virgil Abloh would see a lot of people doing copying his stuff and he wouldn't be as pissed is like one of my favorite thoughts. One of the th- favorite things I ever heard from that podcast with Arislin Hugh saying where he said mm-hmm. like, um, oh no, sorry, no, sorry, it wasn't that. It was that uh, video on YouTube where he's doing a talk at a design school. Oh, at the school, right? And he says when he's saying that you know they're very aware over at acronym, they're very aware that their stuff is on everyone's mood boards. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "That's okay." He's like, oh, "That's that's great. Like that's flattering, and like that's you know we can understand why." But it's like it's very obvious to them the people who that's where we coined like not coined the phrase, but like got the phrase from that, which I love, which is you know you copy the process not the product right right and i think a lot of people ripping off a lot of time if it's a shitty rip off they're copying the product yeah not the process and i think that's where the ethical difference comes in because even mm. if uh, someone who isn't in the industry if they think you're copying whatever who fucking cares what they think but it's like if you took strong influence from virgil abloh and to create your own clothing line that was very you know strongly influenced by off-white and that's okay you know if that's what you really love mm-hmm. and it's a great design it changed fat with high fashion industry then why not have that influence your design right but if you actually copied the process meaning how Virgil Abloh got to designing that shoe or that sweater or whatever that bag mm-hmm. instead of just copying the actual final product yeah. you're gonna get you're gonna design a product that is heavily influenced by off-white but isn't a direct copy now people who are designers are probably gonna look at it and think it's a direct copy who, what the fuck do they know they don't know mm-hmm. right? right whereas virgil ablo would know yeah because he has he has that context and that background into the development of something that did not exist before and it's like i remember in auto like um it was one of the redesigns and i was we had to do an interior sketch and um it was it was a critique the week after i went to the auto show and they had the one genesis concept car there that's like one of the i think one of the best design concept cars i've ever seen in my life and I love the seats that are in it. And mm-hmm. so going off the pictures that I had that I took on my phone, I was like heavily influenced. I didn't just copy it. So I was like, I kind of like this shape, but I'm going to change this and change this and whatever. And when I had it in the car and I had it on the wall and Bruce was looking at it, and he was like, oh, I can see the Genesis car influenced you quite a bit. And I was like, yeah, I did. I was like, because I love the seat. Oh, wow. But he, he was happy because I didn't just copy it. Mm-hmm. But he could tell where the influence came from. Right. And he's like, the origins of yeah, and he was like, he said to me, he was like, you know, like, I can see why you chose it. Because if it's a sporty car and you want like kind of a, a bucket seat, like a race car to hold you in. But like, it's got this like very luxurious finish to it, this look to it. Right. Hmm. Um, but that was because I didn't just copy the, the, the seat and was like, oh, I'm going to trace this and put it into my sketch. It's like, no, I'm going to heavily take from it because I really like it. Mm-hmm. and 
actually go through the process, right, of how they designed it or, how, or why they chose that design for that car and copy that mindset instead of just copy the seat. So I think if, right. like, someone like Virgil Abloh saw someone who most people, regular people, just think they copy, but he would be able to see, like, okay, they didn't just copy me. They just heavily, I can tell I heavily inspired them, and I can mm-hmm. see where and what products inspired them and what about me inspired them, what about Off-White inspired them. But it's not just a copy, and I appreciate that. So there, I don't think he'd be defended. That's where the flattery mm-hmm. comes in. Cause it's like, well, they did it properly, and they chose all the inspiration they could have chose. They chose me, right? That's got the flattery. So I think he'd be okay with it. And then the people who he can tell, <laughs> the ones that are just yeah. copy the product, I'm sure he's not even Max. He probably doesn't even give a shit because he knows it'll fail. Yeah. Because it wasn't thought that, out. He's got that confidence in in his in his self yeah. and in his work and in this thing that he's created that it's not something you can copy paste and equal success. It doesn't yeah. work. So that's like way. what Arlson Hughes said, right? Like that's where they know when they see copies, blatant cheap copies of of their work of their clothing, and it's like they're not even pissed because they know it won't work, it won't last. Because they know if yeah. they build, if you build, if you make clothing like theirs but with cheap material and cheap stitching and cheap manufacturing, it's going to fall apart and it won't do Mm. the job that their stuff can do. Right. Like, yeah. And it won't, people are doing it just to make some money off of it. They know it won't work. Right. So like, they don't care. No sense concerning yourself with things that are of no concern. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no point, no point stressing on it. Yeah. So, I mean, is I feel like there's that. I mean, things, you know, there's a scale. Subjective. Right. Yeah, so it's yeah, like ethically, it's sure. like you could say, well, the Apple like didn't, didn't copy Deuteroms. It's heavily influenced by his, by, you know, mid-century minimalism, but specifically Braun and Deuteroms mid-century minimalism. Mm-hmm. But they did it in a way, yeah, you could put the old classic iPod next to that one speaker and be like, well, it's like roughly the round, the same shape. There's round corners, and then the the shape of the buttons was in the shape of the speaker. It's like okay, you can see the yeah, direct yeah. copy. Maybe that might be a little bit, you know, come on, get your own idea. But they didn't just copy it, copy it. They actually went through. At least they understood. Okay, why is this piece of design successful, and apply that mm-hmm. mindset and that um, problem solving that process to their product and not just oh let me just copy it um yeah but and sometimes that's the that's the best design solution even if it looks the same yeah just oftentimes that the way that something ends up could appear on on the surface level to be a copy right Mm -hmm. because it's almost a direct replication where you've got a rectangle square circle right but maybe that's ge- geometrically, maybe that's the right word. That's the best solution for it. It's just what you're doing within that. And it obviously takes, it could be obvious from the get-go that, that is the, that's probably the way it's going to be. But for the sake of design and for the sake of iteration and process, you have to go through and, and prove that that is the right one. Right. You know? Yeah. And the, Ideation, development. And again, it's like, you know, I know 
like it is usually the best option i think is to copy a little bit because mm-hmm. when you say copy everyone automatically you know thinks of like the cheap copy right yeah the ripoff which yeah is not cool and ultimately not going to get you a good design but there's also like why like if you don't need to reinvent the wheel then don't fucking reinvent the wheel mm-hmm. i can't count the amount of times Catherine told me that in like fucking thesis or bruce told me that in auto right like or ken like the amount of times where it's like you know especially Catherine in with thesis like with the interior of mine and i'm like okay well like okay if i'm taking this stuff from mid-century modern blah blah, blah or i like i would show her you know design us online but i really like this and she's like all right then use that and go from there like i was like but no i have to come up with my own solution for it yeah she's like yeah but it's like if if that layout works and all the shit's like don't reinvent this like just do that don't put your name yeah. on this image and say it's yours but like just go from there and start from there why would you start from scratch like yeah take the same layout it's proven to work yeah you know you know don't waste your time on it. don't waste your time doing work like don't waste your time coming to a conclusion that you can already immediately arrive at mm-hmm. right yeah. i wish i had done that too now that i reflect on it yeah i mean i yeah i wish i'd done it more but like I was definitely caught up, especially with the exterior. I was definitely caught up with like trying. I feel like it was a lot of people throughout the four years, like trying to be so original. Yeah. And trying so hard not to copy. When like, why wouldn't you just, you know, like use some the stuff that works of originality. Like it doesn't fucking mean copy, take someone's design, put your name on it and say it's yours. But like, you know, Go from like it's like when Bruce would do a sketch of my car, he would see my sketch and then he would sketch it and be like, he would use my sketch as an underlay. Yeah. Sketch over it, which is basically he's copying my car, but he's sketching over it and then doing it his way. Mm-hmm. And then you know he's telling me okay why he thinks that's more successful, blah blah. And then I'll do, I'll use his sketch of my sketch as the underlay for my next <laughs> sketch. Yeah. Right. And then mm-hmm. like. I'm copying his sketch as a starting point. I don't just take his mm-hmm. page and put my name on it and then hand it in because a he would know, but also it's like that's, yeah, you don't learn shit doing that other way. But like I do, that's a good starting point now. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's kind of taking that mindset, that strategy, and applying it to things, right? And that's the hard. That's a hard thing to do ultimately. Well, it is because like it's tempting just to copy. Yeah, but like, cause it, cause it does take time to like, okay, like, like with me with posters, right? I'll go on and go through all the posters I've saved from people I, I whose work I love, and I'll be like, okay, what layout is really screaming something to me? Like that just really mm-hmm. kind of gets my attention. I'll see something like I just really love how, you know, how they've used this image and then put the text that way and put you know some a graphic in this area and they've used this kind of color combo or you know this glowing text over a heavily you know um grainy fucking image right and i'm like okay well yeah i could literally copy it by take exactly what they've done and then put an image same font same placement of the text just change the word and just you know whatever yeah but instead i'm like okay well like why do they do this 
why have they done this and this? Why does this layout work? Does it work? Like, could I do it better kind of thing? Like, and then naturally you, you kind of just be like, well, I, I would do it this way. Like, I kind of would prefer mm. to do this. And then next thing you know, you've ended up with something that like, if you do it properly, it's heavily influenced by, but isn't copied. Right. You know? You're taking enough of the the essence of it and then injecting your own personality, design sense, design aesthetic into that and it becomes its own thing. Yeah, I think it's more like I think it's like a mature it's like mm. a maturity level as a designer, I think. I think it's something you get better at with experience because obviously it takes time to learn that and practice that of like mm -hmm knowing the perfect balance between what to use but how much to use and how not you know how much you shouldn't use or um when to change things when to leave things mm. you know i know a lot of people i mean i'm guilty of it. i know a lot of our friends too in design school were like you know we really love this design that someone else did online but we're gonna change it go out of our way to change it so that we're not called a copier. Yeah. Like, but that's the wrong mindset. It. Yeah. Because you shouldn't take something and just go out of your way to change it to say that you didn't copy. Because what if the thing you change is one of the best parts that makes it successful? And that's the part that you like about and it. That's right? the part you like about it. So instead, don't do that. The mindset should be when you approach that piece of work is like, why is it successful and why did they design it in that way? Mm. You know, what works? Why did they do it that way and not a different way? Why this, not that? And then as you start diving into it and reverse engineering it, then you can start figuring out the process they went through, the path they went down from thought, ideation, you know, crazy thought to a final product. And then you can go down that same path and then naturally, with your own um, bias and your own style and your own interests and whatnot, we'll possibly improve on it, but change it naturally. Yeah. And now you've got a piece that is heavily inspired by it, but not copied. It's kind of like, I mean, especially us and Otto is like, when we're each of us are always like, we want to find our own style. <laughs> the classic yeah. question of like, how do you find a style as a sketcher, as a designer? And all the processors like, it's time you know like or that or someone would say like bruce would be like well just find someone you like and copy them and you're like what do you mean copy them you know isn't that like i don't want to be known as them though i don't want to be known as the person who copied them and he's like no no no. you'll naturally change it like mm -hmm. and that's the thing when you first start doing it it'll be the same just, just shittier version of it and then down the line as you practice more and you get better with it and you become more experienced you'll it'll look influenced by but not copied by the original source because you'll naturally mm. throw stuff in right like yeah and then next you know you have your own style again influenced by people who know they know mm. who, what influenced your style but they know you didn't just copy a style that's true and that's what everyone does that's what, like you know <laughs> when you look at whatever famous designer or whatever person you look online you're like well, how did they they get their styles like they did that <laughs> to their profs yeah, or whoever they thought was really awesome that's mm -hmm. how it fucking works people copy that's 
the word copying is like it's really bad connotation to it where it's like oh you mean it means you're taking it putting your name on it and trying to sell it as your own Mm -hmm. that's a blatant copy that's how you get blacklisted in the fucking industry but like you also you don't it's plagiarism you don't learn anything from that anyways Mm -hmm. you know i think ultimately plagiarism could differ from copying or copying could differ from plagiarism right yeah plagiarism is like the bad that's what i think when people think copy they're 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 thinking of plagiarism plagiarism. because that's like you know plagiarism is like potentially successful short short term but never successful long term that's plagiarism right like because like maybe you'll get something out at the beginning a mark or something but you'll never learn anything long term which is ultimately all it's about it you know what it's about anyways right um Mm -hmm. copying is like Every th- I think every single prof we had told us to copy to practice. Yeah. Because that's every the best one. way. Again, why wouldn't why would you try and learn something from scratch when you're new to something and you don't even know what to do? It's gonna take forever. Why wouldn't you start copying and learning from someone who's already at a high level? Why not start there? Hmm. that's a very you good know, copying doesn't mean take their work and put your name on it and hand it into your prof but it means why just start sketching and being like trying to come up with your own ideas which pretty much every idea you'll think of has been done anyways so why waste your time trying to feel like you're super original instead just find what you really like what you want to look like what you want your style to be what you want your aesthetic to be copy it mm-hmm. and do it properly copy it properly you know wow copy it properly and then you'll end up with your own style your own work your own design whatever that is heavily mm-hmm. influenced by what inspires you mm-hmm. but is ultimately yours right ultimately your own thing and then and it requires time and it requires time that's why people cheap out because they want the quick route right which is plagiarism yeah you know and like yeah there'll always be people even if you copy properly there'll always be people who don't know what they're talking about being like oh you just copied and mm-hmm. first of all those people can fuck off and they don't know what they're talking about and second of all okay. those are usually the people that are willing to plagiarize because they're not willing to spend the time to do it properly otherwise they wouldn't exactly. be saying you copied because they would understand too yeah they would right? have that shared mindset right? that like I don't know. You, that's why that I was see very it. well spoken. That's why I see. That it. was very well spoken. Because it's like I just—it's it, a sad like. It's like when, you know, it's like when, uh, in Vizcom or something, like first year when, Catherine was talking about overlaying. We were looking at. I was like, what do you mean by overlaying? You mean oh. tracing? And like you hear the word trace, and everyone's went through like art class in elementary school and art and high school. That's like the evil word is like you're shit, you're a wannabe is the word trace. Oh, you traced yeah. it? That's like the worst thing you could that's the worst insult, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like it's the same thing. And then you say overlay. It's like it sounds fancier, but it's the same thing. Very, very but the fancy. mindset between the two is different. Yes. Right? Tracing is literally copying what's underneath. Overlaying is starting off from what's underneath. And then learning from there. Mm-hmm. And and changing mm-hmm. it as you go. That's literally the difference, you know, mm. between like copying and plagiarism. One you're using as a building block. Yeah. And then the other one is a just a cheap, quick fix solution. 
Yep. You know, and not in a good way. Yeah, not you know, yeah. like not sustainable. Design's all about last. the quick, cheap fixes, right? Ideally, it's being as efficient as possible. Yeah. Do as quick as possible, but still quality and fix the problems and as cheap as possible. Usually, right? Mm-hmm. You know, but so it's not doing it. Plagiarizing and stuff like that is just the bad quick way. That's like the cheat. That that's the cheater way of like, you just want to get instantly good right away. Yeah, and I think everyone yeah. who's been in, who likes art and stuff like that has traced something and tried to play it off as their own. And people are like, wow, that's really good. Did you trace that? And you're like, no. And in the back of your head, you're like, no. <laughs> Evil, <laughs> fucking maniacal. Like, yes, <laughs> I played you. And then, and then you're like, oh, yeah. And then you go to like draw it yourself and you realize, oh, without that thing I can trace, I am nothing. Yeah, I suck. Right? So everyone like. That's a very challenging thing to like wrap your brain around and accept and come to terms with. Yeah. But it's a really powerful tool so you can learn it if you're willing for the time to learn it, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's what I I think for four years, that was one of I think one of the biggest lessons was that mindset of copying mm. to improve. Yeah. But I, I don't think all through the four I mean the examples we got throughout the four years were great, but I don't think I had heard it in words put as as well as I heard when Arrowson Hughes said it that way, which was yeah. they're copying the product and not the process. And all of a sudden that clicked and was like, holy fuck, that's in those words that perfectly explains everything, right? That whole mindset, yeah. which is like a super powerful lesson. Because if you can learn that, then it's like, that's what designers do, right? Like they don't just start mm-hmm. from nothing and like all of a sudden everything they ever think of and sketch and model is always 100% original. No. Because no one will get anything done. Yeah, true. Right? Like no one and that's why we done. called this the process, right? Yeah. It goes back to that same thing. Because it's a it's an evolution of, of learning and application and education and trying new things and Yeah. You know, we use the song, the I think it's called Mind Play from Artlist. Yeah. Say, oh, copied the song yeah what was he gonna do make your own song yeah it's gonna push everything back take forever it might discourage us from everything we're copying the probably suck the the equipment or how you make a recording yeah because like oh they're recording this the idea of like doing original totally original like you wouldn't get anywhere (laughs) what do you mean Mm -hmm. you know you're like oh it's podcasts about industrial design and creativity and stuff there's so many of those it's like yeah you just you just copied what everybody else did. And it's like, well, I mean, yeah, but we're doing it in our our own way. Yeah, and that's the point. That, that's again, the that's again. One of the best things I heard was from Catherine in fourth year, her thesis, right? When people would be like, "Oh, you know," when the profs kind of usher them closer to like a certain topic, and then they would be like, you know, a few people that were like, "Oh, I don't want to do this because." someone else in the class is doing the same idea or in the past, you know, year or two ago, they did the same idea. Mm-hmm. And Catherine would be like, well, not exactly. It's slightly different, slightly more specific and down a different route, but who cares? Yeah. Trying to spend your time thinking of an, a totally original idea that no one's ever done before. First of all, it's almost impossible. And second of all, it's a waste of time. So what do you can do? You come mm-hmm. up with the idea and you think you're now the superstar because you came up with an idea. Like no one gives a fuck. 
Yeah, it's not how it works. Like, just because you have the most unique idea doesn't mean it's going to be successful. Mm. Right? So why, why like, waste the fucking time, right? And then Catherine would be like, you know, you could have everyone in, in this year's thesis could do the same topic and come up with 35 totally different thesis projects. And she said, and I think she even said something of like, that would even be possibly a good thing to do. Yeah. Because now yeah. you're you're challenged to do it differently. Because why yeah, not start with something and improve on it? Mm. You know, that's like, that's that's a thing where everyone's like, oh, you just did a podcast. You're just copying everything else. Whether you're like, it doesn't mean just because you're doing the same thing and someone else doesn't mean it has to be done the same way doesn't mean that you can't do it in a better way or in a different way like you know that's not copying no one has yeah. a fucking copyright on the idea of doing a podcast like, <laughs> like no no yeah. i think there's a bit there's too many of them now i'm sure you could probably date case. it back to the first com- like comedian or someone who did the first podcast that went viral yeah. but it's like who gives a fuck who the first is who cares yeah. who cares what do they have do they have a trophy on their shelf congratulations you were the first who gives a fuck Right, like, just because you came up with the original idea, see how far the original idea gets you. It's like, no one cares. Yeah, because right? everybody else is going to adopt it anyways, and they probably won't know that it was you in the first place, and they probably won't care. No, exactly. You know, so it's like, like neither of us can name the first podcast. No, her. Because, but also, even I could. I, who fuck cares? I don't care. Yeah. You know, it's a good thing they created this medium. Yeah, but. It's not like everybody thereafter was a copier of them or an imitator. They're accepting and absorbing and doing their own thing with this medium that someone created. Mm -hmm. So So I think that's where it is difficult because, like you say, legally 10% different and you're in the clear, right? Or in the gray area. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Might as well be the clear. But ethically, it's, it's scale, right? I think it's like if you. I think if you do it properly, it shouldn't be an issue. Because if you do it properly, you're not ripping off an idea. Yeah, if you do right. it properly, you're copying the process, not the product. And like, I know there's gonna be people, especially designers and artists and creative people, that are gonna be pissed off, even if someone does it properly, because mm-hmm. that's the ego, right? Like, I'm sure, like, if someone interviewed, I don't know, maybe someone has interviewed Stephen King, being like, "Oh, what do you think about?" you know, these two brothers come up with Stranger Things and ripping off one of your books or whatever, right? And using your same font as a slap in the face. I could see him being the person because he was, you know, probably all the way through the 80s on an abundance of cocaine, right? So, like, he's... Cocaine and alcohol. He he seemed the type of person that would be, like, kind of pissed off just because that's his character, maybe. Mm. But it's also, like, who, like, that's just the ego, right? Yeah. Except at the end of the day, they they didn't adapt, you know, make a TV, TV show adaption of his book. It's inspired by heavily. But again, yeah. if he's regarded as one of the best horror, thriller, novelist, author of all the fucking yeah. time, why wouldn't you copy him? Why wouldn't you start off yeah. with the best? How much fantasy is inspired by J.R.R. Tolkien and Lord of the Rings <laughs> and The Hobbit these every, days? Like, you could say every like fantasy type novel or movie or game is has mm-hmm. you can see roots from lord of the rings lord of the rings how many like yeah. uh, 
feel if you're writing a fantasy novel or like doing building a fantasy world at this point it's it's a it's a given that they're gonna have like orcs or an orc type character or an elf or some guy that's with a sword some guy has a bow and arrow dwarves dragons some guy that is a king but doesn't want to be wizards it's literally it's the it's the fantasy trope but it doesn't mean it's a bad thing it doesn't mean you're copying him just because you did something he did exactly like, no <laughs> there's a lot of possibility works. of people be able to do the same thing right like that's why you mm-hmm. can have a genre where it's like you could have a thousand authors around the world that write fantasy novels that every story has all those types of um races and mm-hmm. characters and tropes and and, and environments and storylines as Lord of the Rings, but all of them are different. Yeah, yeah. Right? Some are going to be better than others. Some are going to be closer to Lord of the Rings than others. Yeah. And that's, that's true. fine. <laughs> like, you know, why wouldn't, you know? And at the end of the day, they're all unique in and of themselves, though. And, and that's, that's the point. Like, I think you got to be a bit of like a, your ego has really got to be big if you're trying to go around being like, you copied me and you copied me and everyone's copying yeah. me. Like, Peter Ross doesn't give a fucking care. If you interviewed him, be like, yeah. are you, I'm sure he gets a lot of people in the past that have asked him, are you pissed that Apple just copied your idea and you didn't get any money for it? And I'm sure he's like, he's like, I didn't design it. Why should I get the money for it? I don't give a fuck. Like, yeah. What? They, they, they designed something following the same principles from the same era of design that I did. It's like, oh, funny how that works. Funny how it's similar. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's almost like they looked at the same inspiration that we did, probably. Yeah, like drew from the same principles and the same values that we did. Yeah, like, you know, just, I don't know. It's it, you know, I'm guilty of it. I'm sure everyone is of like feeling a bit like pissed because you feel like someone stole your idea. But like at the end of the day, who cares? Like, who are you gonna yeah, go cry gonna to? Die. Like, you know, Jesus. I'd rather know that someone copied me but did a, a more shit job. Yeah. Or if, if someone, it makes me happy if someone copied me, but did it, but copied the product and did a shit job. Mm-hmm. But I'd be even more happy if someone copied me and did it the proper way and it's better than what I did. Because that's just, it's a continual improvement. Because it's like, well, right? holy shit, you went, that's like, you took like basically, you know, inspiration from me, my idea, and you took it to a whole nother level, which I didn't even think of. Awesome. That's an opportunity for learning for you. And now, right? how about I copy you in that way? Exactly. And now we build off each other. And now we have two people doing very similar design thing, but like both look fucking cool and both are different. Because naturally, again, because we're all egos as designers and artists, we're gonna put our own spin on things because it's about us. We want, you know, we want you people to, to know it it's yours. ours, right? You gotta make it yours. Yeah. Yeah. Copying. Hmm. <laughs> gotta love it. I love it. That turned into a much bigger topic yeah. than I was uh, anticipating. But we got a good, absolutely fire week. It is going to be really cool week. week. Yeah. Song different. Tomorrow's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I'm stoked about. I'm, I think yeah, it's going to be cool. Tomorrow's 300. Basically doing like a best of 300 series, taking the, the top clips and highlights from the guest episodes from the last 300 episodes. And then injecting it into four episodes, basically. Yeah. It's like four hours of of brain bashing 
immense knowledge yeah. searing happiness you know yeah. it's just wild yeah it's all the times we're like, in a guest episode and they say something really epic and both of us like we look at each other and we're like oh god that was it but it just it's those moments just back to back <laughs> yeah yeah and it's i'm pretty proud of them i think they i think they they run really well together mm. and they work really well and it's fantastic and share it on linkedin share it all over the place and hopefully it brings it brings new ears to our little world and acts as a discovery point for these other people like Dave and Nick and Belinda and Catherine and Bruce and Campbell and like everybody's in there. And yeah. it's very exciting. Very no, stoked. It's, it's super, super cool. So that's going to be tomorrow and the rest of the week. And uh, they're each, they're each kind of unique. They kind of have their own context to each episode. Keep it a little bit distinguished. But uh, but I'm super stoked. I think it's one of the coolest things that we've ever done. Yeah. Is these next four episodes? I think it's one of the coolest things that we've that we've. It's a nice produced. change of pace, just to switch it up and do something different, which is really fun. I think. Because mm-hmm. we've done like 300 of the same thing. Yeah. 299. Same thing. thing. Yeah. So, time to spice it up a bit. It'd be cool to do it like every hundred episodes if we have the possibly means to. yeah, or maybe by the time yeah. 400 we think of a different idea. You never know. That's kind yeah, of the fun true. of it, right? Mm-hmm. Continually evolve mm. the whole concept of everything. So uh, with that said, we hope you enjoy tomorrow's episode. It's going to be very fun. Next four are just slam-packed. You're going to very much enjoy them. But uh, until then, if you have any questions for us about the podcast, you can send it to hi.theprocesspodcast at gmail.com. Or if you're interested in any design inquiries or anything like that, or you just want to, or you just want Zach to talk to you for an hour <laughs> about, about uh, inspiration oh, and storytelling, then uh, he'll happily do that. I would and actually. you can inquire. He would. That'd be, be would. much more an hour. You'd have to stop me. <laughs> he wouldn't. He won't stop. No. So until his laptop dies or his internet cuts out, but his laptop will be plugged in the entire time. <laughs> Yeah, that's so the catch. Yeah. That's how you get. That's how you get roped into uh, the cult of Zach. Yeah, just I'll be there. You'll leave the call, and I'll still be talking. And then you'll re- like re-enter like the next day, and I'll still be there, just going crazy. <laughs> You're talking to yourself. Yeah, I'm just talking to myself for like twelve hours straight. Yeah, basically tough. every day, That'd anyways. Really to be that's fair. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But uh, if you want Zach to do that to you. Send us an email to hi at bigdesigncompany.com and uh, visit the website as well, www.bigdesigncompany.com. And Zach Watson. Yes, sir. What is our Instagram? Process underscore underscore podcast. That was beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you tomorrow. Hope you enjoy the episodes over the next couple of days. And uh, c'est la vie. See ya. Peace. The process.